On Second Shot, we tackle two new headlines every week to find out what kind of wisdom the world is dishing out today. And we want you to be a part of that. When you see a headline you want to take a second shot at, or if you're looking for advice, or just want to tell us what you think of the show, email us at secondshotcast at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, rate us on iTunes. This helps us move up in the ratings so more people will see us. And if you want to hear more, subscribe to the show so that the new episodes will get straight to you every single Friday. We love you. Thanks for listening and enjoy. There's a lot of news in the world today. News that might surprise you, startle you, upset, or maybe impress. News that's not always for the faint of heart. That's why the man who failed his way to success, Heath Oaks, is stepping up. Tackling today's headlines with ignorance on fire in a way only a millennial mogul can. Take off your sport coat, grab a beer, and enjoy the conversation. This is Second Shot with your host, Heath Oaks. I have a random, useless piece of fact information that I'm going to drop on you that none of you will guess. Okay? okay. okay. Before I get to it, my, my wife, Jeannie and Chando, what's up, hon? And Zach hey, and Matt. Everybody. Howdy. Hello, hello. So this random question that I guarantee you, you're, none of you will know. Yeah. Okay? Why in Spain, when everybody stands for the national anthem, does nobody sing the lyrics of the national anthem in Spain? Yep, I don't know that. Yeah. Do, 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 do. I don't know. Is it seen <laughs> as... It. Not appropriate, or is are there, there uh, no lyrics to the national? Are they simply they a, bunch, a bunch of got it. <laughs> there are no lyrics. How did you get that? I don't know. It was just a, a lucky guess, I guess. Wow. wow. Well done. Can't that was that. actually a really good guess, Matt. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Matt from the booth. There's no lyrics in the national anthem, of Spain. And that there's your random worthless fact. How did you day. stumble onto this, and what made you think <laughs> it was this in podcast one of the Freakonomics podcasts oh, okay. I was yeah. listening to? They were they were asking about some of them. And I was like, wow, that's a really that's one of those like yeah uh, good like useless facts to know. Yeah. The people the people hum along at least. I, I could do that much. Yeah, you sway, hum, yeah. Back right? Yeah. Sway. Yeah, I don't know. I saw, I saw you throwing uh, podcast recommendations in the Facebook group. It was really neat. Somebody was like, hey, what other podcasts do you listen to? I loved that post. That was really yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah, I loved that Because there's a bunch short. of like-minded people that are all going to mm-hmm. like the same thing more than likely, so it's good to share. And speaking of that, the second shot group on Facebook, um, you got to go ask a question. It's a closed member Answer a question. Group. Answer a question. It's a closed member group, so it's only for a second shooters, as mm-hmm. somebody said. <laughs> so shooters. go to second shot, look it up, um, and on Facebook, it's a pretty cool group. There's a lot of things. Like I asked yesterday... Uh, would you, if you had a choice between a vacation home wherever you want to be at, or you get a private jet, which do you choose? I, you know, I didn't answer that question. I want you to know that has been haunting me. Like even <laughs> like up through last night, I was like getting in bed and thinking about it. I was like, God, I can go either way. Like I don't know. One's the the possibility of where you could go. The other's like a place to stay, a, a refuge, a place to weather the storm. So I don't know. Uh, what did what did you go? Mine's with? easy, private jet all day because I can get, you know private jet. I can just get on and go wherever I want when I want yeah, to. Yeah, vacation homes anywhere. Yeah, I want. Yeah, exactly. I can go rent vacation homes everywhere, but fly in a private jet and not worry about commercial. And yeah. he got mad at me because I tried to have it have both you know ways. have both oh, ways. Of course. Because I figured of course, what that, we could a, do is very, I choose that's, stop. That's called being married, gentlemen. <laughs> um, so <laughs> listen, I pick. The vacation home, because say we're only going to stay there for like one or two weeks out of the year, maybe four weeks out of the year. Mm -hmm. We rent it out the rest of the time. And keep in mind, since we can pick any vacation home, it is like the best vacation home in the world. So then we rent it out, which makes us enough money to buy the private jet. I like that way of thinking. You can fly back and forth. But that wasn't the question I asked. (laughs) Thinking outside the box. (laughs) Much encouraged. Hey, where do you guys land on the national days? 
Jenny, you got to run into this. Every day is a national day for something. Yeah, and oh, that, I love it. Kind of I really? think it's, yes, I love it. I think it's fun. I know a lot of news people are sick of it because it's like every, it's like National Taco Day, National Waffle Day, yeah. you know, National Hater Day, whatever. Sure. Um, but I think it's fun because usually they're lighthearted and their conversation starts and there is so much heavy stuff happening in the world that right. sure, if you want to post pictures of you eating pancakes on National Pancake Day <laughs> and get free pancakes at IHOP, I say have at it it's fun so I, I so it's kind of funny because it was what yesterday so be august 6th was national gossip day exactly yeah and that's what we were going to kind of talk about here because i i'm on the national stuff i, I, I read you know anybody can make a national day all they gotta do is send something in somewhere and say it i mean i think the national so, i think sure. the national day thing has gotten out of hand there's a national day for everything when, and I think yeah. it's a little out of hand. when you've got <laughs> multiple things on one day like i can go on twitter and they'll tell me it's national watermelon day and then yeah. facebook will say it's national beer day i'm like okay you can't have both like it's got to be one way or another unless it's watermelon beer day like we got to figure something out uh but yes monday was national gossip day which was something to talk about i guess it was I, I thought it'd be interesting because i don't know if we've ever really talked about it not I, I pulled up two things the the regular dictionary definition of gossip okay mm -hmm. is casual or unconstrained conversation or reports about other people typically involving details that are not confirmed as being true and the urban dictionary <laughs> uh -oh, no. Oh, no. definition of gossip the sinful act of withholding love or forgiveness from those who didn't treat us fairly or had wronged us we want to get even by blaming or cursing them. Gossip is the underrated cause of most human problems in the workplace because we just can't control our tongue with which we use to bless and belittle others. There's a lot of hurt in those words. Mm. <laughs> right? A lot, wow. of, a lot of pain in wow. that. Yeah, urban dictionary. dictionary got, <laughs> I mean, went there. the sinful act of, like, I mean, it Whoa, got hard. Yeah. But, you know, especially... You know, I think in, in your line of work, too, in journalists, you know, there's a lot around, you know, making sure things are confirmed of what you say. And, yeah. and I think a lot of times people get to that part if you have those friends or you have anything that somebody tells you something and you feel an obligation to tell a friend that this has happened, this has been said. But yet you, you really don't know for sure if it's true. Mm -hmm. But do you tell them or do you not? Is that gossip? Is it not? I mean, um, I do believe that gossip is is one of the worst things that that we do is is humans yeah because it all it does is really stir up pots in a lot of ways um but i've always had a trouble walking that line of figuring out should i let somebody know something even though i i, I don't know for a fact if it is true right sure. um but do you give them a heads up even if it is or isn't or are you the one still spreading the gossip here's the thing that i think can sometimes help with that so say someone comes to me with information about Zach and they're complaining, you know, Matt's complaining about Zach to me. Wouldn't yeah. be the this first time. This happens all the time. <laughs> it's super awkward and this is how I deal with it. Um, so, so Matt's complaining about something about Zach. Usually my response to Matt is, what did Zach say to you when you confronted about it? And 100% of the time he says, oh, well, I didn't, really. I didn't confront him about that. Right. Well, right. You know, and, and so I'm like, okay, well then, you know, because I'm also, you know, I'm not a confrontational type person. I'm kind of more like go with the flow, stay in my lane, do my thing. But also I feel like that's a subtle way of even just reminding them because they may not have the intention of really like bringing negative energy in. They're yeah. just trying to vent. But it really might not have dawned on that person to just for Matt to really just go address this with Zach. Because nobody will tell them like what you're doing. Most people don't. Most people take it all in and kind of fuel that fire versus you being somebody who's killing that fire. 
from them, which is a good thing to kill because they're going to realize, wow, I guess I do need to address it. And or I, I think need to doing get over it, it with a question instead of saying, why haven't you talked to oh, Zach about it? Call. Do it with a question and an assumption that he had already talked to Zach about it. And if he hadn't, if, and maybe he will say, oh, well, you know, he said this, blah, blah, blah. Then maybe say, okay, well, is there another approach or is there another, again, kind of like directing back to the person in question? Because then you don't have to wonder, gosh, should I tell Zach Matt was talking about him? That's because true. you've, you've like pushed it back to Matt. Sorry, Matt, for the oh, okay. you know, <laughs> involvement in that. That's, but but that I think that that deep. technique kind of for somebody like me who's not in a management role, but is in an, you know, Personal. co-work. Well, co-worker but, but colleague general, role and I'm also friends with and I and I like to be friends with the people I work with and that's controversial not all people like to do that a lot of people like to keep their personal friends very very separate from their work friends I I have a lot of girlfriends who work in the journalism business who I've worked with you know inside of work outside of work you know we're we're friends in all facets and that technique seems to help that one of the things too I, I like that idea especially in the social settings and regular settings that if somebody comes to you with something asking that question of, well, what did they say when you addressed we'll probably kill 80% of it because they have not done it more than likely. So if you want like one little tidbit on the social world, I think that's a phenomenal tip to take away with to try to help kill some of that drama and gossiping in your life. And I would think in the, in the, well, in the business world, I mean, this could probably be used socially as well. One of my mentors, David Moskowitz, taught this to me, and it helped me so much because in the world that of, of – leading so many people and different personalities one thing that i've always kind of helped kill the 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 gossipness which and when i say gossip too there's always two sides of the story right it's one person coming to you with something you got to always remember everybody exaggerates their own side so don't ever jump on an emotional bandwagon with people and so one thing i always do if anybody ever comes to me and says hey heath i need to tell you something but you can't say anything how many people how many of us have gotten that before right oh sure yeah. you know what yeah. i say is i always tell them before you tell me anything, understand that if it affects this organization in any way, shape, or form, I'm going to have to act on it. So as a mom, 16-year-old, yeah. and your 14-year-old, your 16 comes to mom, I need to tell you something. Like, son, if what you're about to tell me affects this family or anybody around in particular, then I'm going to have to act on it. So know that before you tell me. That well, that's gets tough because I want my child to tell me everything. Well, but, I, well, but you also <laughs> – So – Well, and, and, but I'm just saying in general, it you gives mean. you that permission yeah. that if they forward on, then you get the permission to really go act on it if you need to, right? Yeah. And, and, and if they don't, then you know it wasn't real because if it was really important and something really needed to be brought up, they would bring it up. Yeah. So here's the question. A lot of people will call you in a managerial type role – People will call you with issues, right? So that's not considered gossip because they're calling for your help and advice, but then you still have the knowledge of the situation. Well, but but understand something. A lot of times it is gossip because they're calling me with an issue that they're exaggerating what has really happened. You see what I'm saying? They may mm -hmm. call me with an issue. I didn't do anything wrong. Oh, so-and-so screwed me out of this deal, blah, 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 right? Oh, so-and-so. Oh, that, so-and-so. That, that is exaggerating and gossiping because it's not always the facts. So then do always, you get the other person on the line? I, well, I always tell them, have you addressed it with them? And if they haven't, I tell them I'm not going to do anything till you do. And then if they, if they can't figure it out, then what they have to do is send me an email telling me about the complaint and have it in writing. And then we're going to have to have a sit down one with everybody in the room. That 95% of the time, the problem goes away because it wasn't a real problem because they don't want to really address it and they don't want to confront it. Mm -hmm. And that's how you can get rid, weed the gossip out is put people in the positions to have to front them 
And if they are willing to do that, then it's a real problem and a real issue. And that's how I weed through the real ones and the not so real ones. And I think that's how you can remove yourself from gossip is by asking that question that Jenny said is, have you addressed it with this person? If somebody comes to you and says, I need to tell you something, don't say anything. Let them know that you're going to have to act upon it. And then the others tell them to confront it and bringing them together and if, or put it in writing to you if they got a complaint or something. Because if it's a real complaint, they'll follow through with it. If not, they won't. And I think our life can be a lot better if everybody gets out of the gossip game. If everybody stops sharing things and everybody just does what they need to do. Oh. We'll be back for a second. <laughs> second, second He's getting shot. a bloody nose if yeah. you're watching on the <laughs> video version. <laughs> He's a suit-and-tie kind of guy with deep southern roots. Heath Oaks hosts more of Second Shot coming up on RNCN. You guys have been listening to Second Shot and hearing us talk about it. You need to go pick up my book, Ignorance on Fire, A Journey of Felling Your Way to Success. You can get it on Amazon in a paper book. You can also hear this beautiful voice of mine in audiobook style on Audible or anywhere you're going to get your audiobooks. Guys, this book took a lot of time to put into it, and I believe it can really be some life-changing stuff to help you on your path to success. And hopefully you're going to fail your way to success just like I did. Ignorance on Fire, A Journey of Felling Your Way to Success. Amazon.com, Audible.com, audiobooks, paper books, everything. Get it, share it with your people and i appreciate it thank you guys go pick it up today ready aim fire second shot is back for another round on rncn that's how you just know you go really hard is huh. when you're finishing the episode and your nose starts bleeding you know that's just because i was going <laughs> yeah, i was yeah. pushing the limit too you intense, podcasted man. so hard yeah, bam it. yeah <laughs> super intense got all riled up about this gossip stuff <laughs> yeah mm. now i've had nosebleeds my whole life like when i was a kid i'd get them nonstop, and every time climate changes in any way seasons yeah. change it's so bad the doctors have these thin membranes and stuff and um, I've got to, if I want to stop it, I just got to get my nose like cauterized. Cauterized. Cut, cut yeah, they, where they just basically burn off all of it. It's, well, that's, like, that's good. Yeah, you yeah, want that. That, yeah. oh, that doesn't sound fun. That doesn't sound fun, does it? I that, mean it. That, it. That's why I've never really jumped at that chance. 77 episodes we've done. Never once have I seen you get a nosebleed. Yeah. It's a lot of time I'm to spend in a room with somebody and never time. have I seen yeah. that. Like, that's wild. Yeah. All the time. All huh. the time. It's miserable. How long have you, I mean... My whole life, I, I, I'm telling you, like in football, I would have to practice and play with paper towels shoved up my nose. I feel like someone listening is going to sometimes like think maybe this is a sign of a greater health issue. Ooh. And since, if it is, then you guys should like, email us because he won't listen to me. It's been since I was seven, eight years old. I, right. Mom, I'm just saying. Yeah, it takes a long time for thing to things to metastasize. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. who knows? I yeah. hate nosebleeds. Not fun. So, the other story we've got... This uh, was sent from my sister-in-law. Comes from an email. Yeah, your sister-in-law, uh, Jane. It's yep. very kind of her. Thanks, I, Jane. I, I, the thing that ticked me off wasn't her last name. It was her email address because it was Tyler T Tyler Teacher. That's part of it anyway. I don't want to read the whole thing just in case anybody gets yeah. gets antsy. But yeah, she was very sweet so to send this pay, in. you didn't catch the last name? Uh, you know, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm a simple man, Heath Oaks. The what Tyler can I say? teacher gave you more of a clue than the Oaks. <laughs> Former Arizona waitress <laughs> returns $1,000, including interest she stole from a restaurant in the 1990s. An Arizona restaurant and its owner were shocked last week when they received a letter from a former employee that included $1,000 she stole from the eatery in the 90s. The letter read, I worked for you as a waitress very briefly back in the 90s. Well, a while a student at U of A. One of the waiters I worked with had encouraged me to forget to ring in a few drinks a shift and pocket the cash and for some stupid reason
reason I did it. It's been 20 years, but I still carry great remorse. I'm very sorry that I stole from you. Please accept my apology and this money as repayment plus 20 years of interest. May God forever bless you and your family. Signed, a thankful former employee. And didn't the, didn't the son say something in there about... He did, uh, yeah. Uh, like something had just happened? He posted, yeah, he posted this message on Facebook, and he later revealed that two days earlier, the owner of the restaurant, his mom, uh, had been robbed on the street. Wow. Uh, apparently, they don't harbor any Ill, fe- Ill feelings towards the woman. He said, I don't know where she's at or who she is, but I'll tell you one thing. I hope that she's read or has seen what an impact this has made on not only on me, my family, my business, but where I will go in the future, so I hope she keeps looking to see what we're doing with it. So, yeah. Well, shoot. Yeah, I mean, it was in the Washington Post. I mean, th- this made big news. Yeah. Because it's yeah. so rare. A uh, couple of things. First of all, shout out to El Charo. I lived in Tucson. I ate there like really? once a week. Oh, yes, wow. when I lived in Tucson. Love, love, love El Charo. Nice. Great chips and salsa. I, everything. Is if that that place you we were ate? In, I think I ate um, we probably, I'm sure yeah. we ate there. It wasn't, um, you're thinking of El Huero. Okay. Um, which is like the food truck kind of place, but El Charo is up there in you know the pantheon best of, of the best yeah yes it's my jam so love this story and, uh-huh. and one of my co-inkers while he went to u of a also worked at el charo so really I'm oh, about wow. the behind the scenes there oh, too wow. um i find it interesting that this person did this for several reasons first of all i mean it's a, it's a lot of like guilt to carry all those years yeah. and she obviously it was on her conscience um if you live in tucson you probably think of the um owners of el charo as being very wealthy I don't know for sure that they are, um, but there are. It's not just one location. Yeah, there's it's several. Very well known. You know, they have. I know that they've got a PR team. I know that you know the restaurants are nice and everything like that. So, like I said, I don't know their financial status at all. Not that someone who has money deserves to be robbed. Or no, of course. Any of that. But I think it even says more about her that instead of her saying, you know what, I was a poor college kid, it was owed to me. Yeah. And they're doing fine and kind of looking at them like, oh, you do your thing, you know, rich people, restaurant owners of America. She still took responsibility. And I think that's something that people do often is they see you have this. I don't have as much. So somehow it's owed to me. It's okay for me to take those drinks and do it. And it's not. Yeah. Well, you you know what I, I find interesting, too? You find a lot of people that are getting that get to certain points of their life where they have that. Maybe they've not been such a nice person their whole life. Um, maybe they did some wrongs to some people in big ways. Maybe they're trying to change that. Maybe it's because they've had a diagnosis that is going to be fatal. Or maybe it usually is when some kind of life event that is really um, traumatic happens that they start thinking about some of that. And I know a lot of people struggle with that whole, you know, I don't deserve their forgiveness. I don't. Um, they will, they'll never forgive me. You know, um, I've done too wrong. Like, what if they don't forgive me, right? What if mm-hmm. I go and try to make that amends and they don't forgive me? What if I... Blah, and they blah, say, blah. we're turning you in. Yes, or, yeah. we hate you, you're, you're whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people deal with that whenever they start to try to become a better person. And they want to, you know, and I believe if you want to be becoming a better person and you know you've got some wrongs, I think it's important to go back in and face them. I, I really do. I think it's one of those that will always stay in your conscious and always kind of pull you back down if you don't go face them and one thing i always say is that it's not that you deserve um the forgiveness or not as much as you deserve to just be able to get it off your chest whether they accept it or not that isn't the goal the goal is for you to honestly genuinely mean mean it with an apology with whatever it was to be able to get it off your conscience to becoming that better person you know so if you're making that transition that you've been somebody who's not been good to somebody who you want to be better 
I think it's critical to go make amends. Mm-hmm. And, and whether or not they accept it or not, does it matter? It's funny that you bring this up because I am a big advocate of 12-step programs for all different forms of addiction and uh, relationship issues and such. And that's a big part of that's a big part of the 12-step program is going back and sort of, I, I don't know if it's righting the wrongs, but going, you know, going way, way, way back. And if there's yeah. something that you did, and I always wonder when I hear a story like this, if that's a part of that. And of course, there are lots of different wonderful recovery programs, and I'm not saying this woman yeah. has been through that, but it ring it. T- something off in me because she's um, going through something i guarantee she's that she's going through going something to make her her finally make the effort to do that and the healing power in that is proven Massive. i mean that's why this the, the 12-step programs exist for for i mean it, it's been around forever because uh it has been very successful for a lot of people so so something i wanted to ask about um and I, we shouldn't get too far in the weeds on this but i'm curious because i i've inquiring minds want to know uh she signed this uh, a thankful former employee she didn't sign her name. Anonymity. Is there anything to that? Because you didn't... I mean, I'm not saying you have to come forward and be like, hey, it was me, here's my photo, I walk in, shake hands. Like, this is certainly a way to do it, but like... I think it goes back to making amends. It doesn't matter how they accept it, and a lot of people hold themselves up, right? Mm-hmm. She needed to make amends for herself. Now, her... Con- it, so it doesn't... I, I don't... It doesn't take anything away from it for me because... What she was doing is going through a healing process, and she more than made up for it by sending money plus interest plus everything. It makes a difference. I yeah, mean, you know what I mean. She and and owning it and how it was that, you know, in my opinion, um, I, that doesn't take anything away from it for me, because I believe when people are trying to change and get better, that's kind of part of it. Whenever they're getting ready to make amends, is that they they have in their head that the people won't accept them. They're going to be mad. They're going to. They're never going to. They don't feel like they deserve it when. It doesn't matter what, after the outcome or however that is, if you go up and apologize, they don't accept it, they don't do any of that. It do, that doesn't, that really doesn't matter because you need it on your conscience. You're, you're, you need to be clean of that you, you have tried and you have said it and done it and it's going to help you move on from that. That lady will not, no longer have that on her back. She'll no longer have it as a, um, a weight that she's not who she says she is. Whatever it was that was troubling her mind, that helped get it off of it. And I think that's what making amends is all about is going and authentically being real about your apology. And you've just got to wait and let time figure out if those people can, mm-hmm. can um, accept it or not, because some of them are not going to, most will not accept it right away because they may not know if that's real or not. You, Yeah, I, I, I agree with that sentiment. I think that if someone is listening to this and is facing someone who wants to say, offer an apology for something done wrong, you don't, I think it is an excellent idea to show up for that. Whether you're meeting yes. them in jail, whether you're meeting them on the side of the road, where, wherever they are, if they're saying, coming to you and saying, look, I know I've done you wrong, show up for that. I don't think you have to respond. I don't think you have to say anything. No matter how much this person's if, done you wrong. you're talking about yeah. if the person that's accepting the apology. If, I'm saying the person accepting it, the, you know, let that person who's done you wrong come to you, uh-huh. say their piece. You don't have to be ready to accept it or you know forgive or hug or make up or anything but they're in line of this healing process they need to be able to say that to you in order to move on and and hopefully be be a better person and so you can help to conduct that without sacrificing your own integrity by just sitting there and listening it's got to be challenging if somebody's wronged you yes to come back later and, and help them after that i mean that's why right? i say you just have to sit it's for a little it. tough yeah you right know, you don't have to I respond 
Everyone's um, a saint here. I, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, like you said, whatever is happening in this woman's life to tip her over the point to do this is significant. But you don't just arrive at a thousand dollars. You're not no, just like I'm just going to throw it. <laughs> she, yeah, she, like she, 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 she thought about sure. that for a while. Yeah. yeah, and she thought this is the right thing for me to do. And like, I believe so something to that. If you're trying to make that transition in life, I do believe that um, there are. That, that's why I believe it's healthy to have a a therapist on a regular basis for people or anything like that professionally with it all because there are things that could be bogging you down for the changes you're trying to make. And I'm assuming. If you're listening to this podcast, you have hopes of becoming better than you who you are right now. Not that you're bad right now. It's just that I hope that everybody listening to this podcast is somebody who wants to be better. You may be great right now, but you want to be even greater than that. That you will, It will be amazing to you how many things will harbor feelings in your mind unconsciously that you have no idea about. Some amends that you need to make that you really don't, you haven't thought about, but they're in there somewhere. Talking to professionals will help bring some of that out. Because I, I do believe that, like you said, the 12-step programs have worked forever for a reason because they do go back and one of the biggest first steps is taking, uh, go back and make the right with people. And I think that in, unless you can go and make rights with people and, and own up to the responsibilities, face them head on, you can't, it's hard to move forward to the new person you want to be. Mm-hmm. And so I'm challenging you today that if you want to be that next person, go back and make some of those men's and, and, and don't worry about if they're going to, accepted or not accepted or any of that you just got to go do it for your good and be authentic be real be genuine so that you can move forward in your process of becoming a better person and so we'll be back at the third segment of second shock now that's what i call ignorance on fire more of second shot with keith oaks still to come To all my friends in the great state of Texas, if you have not taken advantage, I have a way to save you a ton of money. I have saved over about $3,000 in the last year, and I have no hassle. Go to energyogre.com, put in the promo code Second Shot. Now listen, promo code Second Shot, and you're going to get a free month just for signing up and saving a ton of money. So don't be crazy. Stop sitting around talking about is this the real deal, and go do it right now. Energyogre.com. Dot com promo code second shot in a free month thanks go get it now run kick off your boots or suit up the choice is yours welcome back to second shot on rncm now i gotta say i love texas okay born and bred texan but i gotta tell you this you last week, that, this, <laughs> <laughs> you're so funny, man. My wife's got jokes. Everybody laughs. She huh? brought jokes. Oh man. <laughs> oh, you just think you're you're so funny. We were in Idaho in Jenny's hometown all week last week. Yeah. We yeah. rented. We we kind of made it a, a annual thing where we rented a lake house on on Lake Coeur d'Alene. Is was voted one of the top 10 like best lakes in, in the United States. It was on this big deal. So, I mean, it's really not. I mean, it's crazy. Being from East we Texas, have to look I'm, at our I'm, social media I'm, pictures. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm used to red dirt, red mud lakes, you yeah. know. Yeah. And then you go up there and it's a real like natural lake and you can see 20 foot clear to the bottom <laughs> is like a and like the like it, the it's a beach. Like it, the lake house has a beach because yeah, yeah. it's all natural, so it's actually real sand that that gets built cuz it's a natural water deal, yeah. right? So, like, you hang out on the beach, and it's beautiful. But, like, you know, here in Texas, it's been 105 up there. It was, like, 85 <laughs> degrees, 65 at it night. And nice. it was, like, and I come back to this heat, and you get off the airplane, you're, like, poof. 
<laughs> just hits you Miserable. and the sweat just starts pouring. My uh, my parents, I love them to death. They're from Michigan and yeah. they moved down here for work right out of college and they, they moved to, uh, I don't even remember where, but that's where they've been essentially. And every every summer they've gotten to the point now where, <laughs> no they're, clue they're where, where his parents for, are. Well, it was a place called The Valley, which is down by the border. South uh, yeah, Texas. Yeah, yeah. South, very South Texas. It's yeah. almost in Mexico. I, I, yeah, right. And and uh, yeah, so every- Michigan, every, Detroit, Michigan to The Valley had to be a culture shock from- It wasn't quite Detroit actually. It was very, it was very okay. small. My mom was one of those people that graduated in high school with like 12 people in her yeah. class. So yeah. she's like top 10%. I'm like, yeah, 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 was it though? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's fine. Um, but yeah, they've become what, what are traditionally known as like the snowbirds, I guess. Yeah, yeah they, okay. they, they hang out down here for winter and then up there for summer. And, and I want to knock it, but man, it's a great setup if you can swing it. Yeah, yeah, like bounce back and forth, get out of the heat for a while, go up north for a while. It's like 65 out at night. It's great. Yeah, I except think we for would winter. love to do that eventually. Yeah. yeah. I want, we, I want a lake house on Lake Coeur d'Alene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the place is beautiful. It was I great. It. Yeah. yeah. Um, lake Coeur d'Alene. Hmm. You know, except for it was hilarious because the lake house we get there, which is not a cheap, I mean, we, you know, this place is, you know, very, very expensive. Sure. These lake houses are very expensive to rent. We get there and um, they the well collapsed like the day before. So, like, we had no water Whoa. until they hooked up a deal. It took forever with it. And, and then they said the whole house was AC and... and and he didn't. Yes, it doesn't get that hot there. But being uh, from Texas, like you're used to air conditioning, you like yeah. it, you like it extra cold, right? I mean, oh, that's yeah. just kind of so get that air circulating. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. they say the whole house is air conditioned when it's really just the top floor. The bottom floor is not. And so my buddy and them that who went with us, they're all downstairs going. Oh my God, it's so hot. Well, that's <laughs> what I felt bad. I mean, you guys, we sold Coeur d'Alene to them yeah. like it was, you know, it, Disneyland you Adventureland. You sell it to me. It sounds great. And, yeah. Well, so then they get there with their two kids. There's no water. There's no air conditioning. Yeah. I got stung by a bee like two seconds after arrival. <laughs> my foot swelled up like a. Oh no! <laughs> but we got a boat. We had the boat there. We got it out on great. the boat. And yeah. the Coeur d'Alene has um, a famous golf course that has the only floating green in in ever so nice. the one of the 14th hole the green floats in the middle of the lake wow and so you got to hit it and then you get on a boat and the boat takes you to the green to finish the hole and the driving range was into the water so it was like buoy set up in the water and you hit into the water i was like man this is perfect for me that's, that's what i do yeah. all the time <laughs> <laughs> like getting all my good, good training he's very it was the most beautiful course ever I, i'll tell you i I mean, I shot like 102, but I don't play a lot. <laughs> well, you got your no money's problem. worth. I did. It was great. That's right. <laughs> it was really awesome. Um, and, and I was not looking forward to the heat when we came back in. Welcome uh, home. So get into it. We got a listener email, but I also want to get into shaming some more on the reviews. We kind of like I was oh. shaming really good there for a while and yeah. people were really making moves and doing it yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and killing it there. Um, and then everybody's kind of stopped, and and we've got more people listening than ever now. So like, I'm really from all over the world, you yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. don't. Very cool. It's wild. You need to be shamed, and I hope that a pain comes in the back of your tooth right now as you listen. If you have not, <laughs> you know, left a review. Yeah. So yeah, go leave a review now. <laughs> what letter do you have? All right. Next is I want to talk about first is the second shot Facebook group. Yeah. Go join it. We got a cool group. We're going to talk about some of the posts we got probably here some good on stuff this episode on next. Yeah. It's, it's really yeah. fun. It's very interesting, the different questions and topics and, and stuff that come up. So go look up the Second Shot group. And then if you want to send any questions, emails, thoughts, or anything, secondshotcast at gmail.com. We got one today from Ali Bibb. Uh, it says, hey, Heath and gang, was catching up and listening to and catching with uh, episode 76. Your segment on public persona, private persona was spot on. My wife is a public figure 
their company. And the thing we often hear at events is, wow, you are exactly like you are on live stream. And for a while, it confused us because we preach and practice authenticity. We realize some are not, and we both know from life experiences, is that when the public you and the private you are not closely aligned, it uh, confuses your kids and inner circle. It creates conflict and hurts your message. The vulnerability of being authentic, real, and true is what is really what succeeds over the long run with the social generation these days. Been listening from the beginning, and yes, I have left a review. Good job, Lee. <laughs> yeah, Lee. <laughs> May your tooth not hurt at all. Still uh, on the making of Jenny, a permanent member of the show. She keeps you on your toes and brings sens- sensitivity to our analytical world. Oh, thanks, Lee. Aww. I agree with him. That's true. She definitely keeps me on my toes. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> um, thanks, Lee. Yeah, I've had a couple people hit me up on about the about that um, episode when we talked about the personal and the the private, you know, persona of, yeah, it, yeah. of people and being authentic and how it is, especially with the kids. You know, of the little things you say. Oh, tell them I'm not here when they're knocking at the door. You know, and how much of an impact that can really kind of make. You know, on who you are privately and publicly and all those things, and so. Um, I thought it was um, uh, super, super interesting. I'm I'm curious, Jenny, you have to have run into people like this in your time in broadcasting. Do you find a whole lot of people who are just completely different on the air, or is everybody just themselves turned up to like 11? <laughs> Good question. Yeah. Um, sometimes I think the most successful are them themselves. It's just it's just really hard to fake it, honestly. It's if you super do hard it, to fake it. Especially in know, today's world. Think about... Um, like if you show up to give a, a speech or something like that, if you do the fake version, you'll find yourself totally drained. Mm-hmm. If you go in and you're yourself, it's, it's not hard because you're just yourself. Right. So, I mean, there's a certain element of coaching and production value and all of that that has to go into it. So, you know, you can't wear just like your jeans and t-shirt or whatever. So you have to dress the part. But um, certainly the most successful will be the same in person and outside of the workplace because um in high tense high intensity situations we all eventually will become ourselves like there's just it's it's kind (laughs) of like sink or swim your real self comes out and there's a lot of (laughs) intense situations in broadcasting so i think my most talented colleagues are the people who are the same on and off camera and people who are watching shows can sense it they may not be able to pinpoint like what it yeah, is that's, that that's like whenever you don't, you can't pinpoint it. You're like, mm. what is it? You know, I don't, you know, what is it that you like about them? And, and a viewer might say, I don't, I just, I just like them. So probably if you watch somebody and you really just like them, it's probably because they're really awesome in person. Yeah. And they're, they're just they're probably real people themselves. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but sh- certainly you, you can fake it too. Yeah. Th- those people just probably go home more exhausted at the end of the day. At least in. Well, and it never, it never, it, it will always run its course at some point. If you're faking it, at some point your course yeah. will be ran. Yeah, you're exactly right. Like eventually you're going to get exhausted and you're going to be you. Yeah. Like, so. Yeah, and I think that um, specifically with news anchors, it'll come out in a, um, gosh, in a mass shooting, in a 9-11, in a, you know, whatever, because these people are on air minute after minute, hour after hour to sort of navigate the way through it. And so you hear their actual language, their actual voice, the types of words they use the type of sensitivity they have uh you know their composure and everything like that and then let me ask y'all a question have any of y'all ever had somebody that you you kind of looked up to or kind of saw that you'd never met and when you met them you were either disappointed or or even more excited about them have y'all ever had one of those disappointments of somebody that whether (laughs) you know that you met and you were like oh that was disappointing like that was not what you thought yes 
Rita Cosby. So do any of you remember Rita Cosby from Fox News Channel back in the day? You would have had to have paid attention to Fox News Channel when you were like children. Uh, like not me. I watched yeah, the news I, since I, I was don't. a girl. I'm sorry. So I got an internship there when I was a junior in college and I had admired her reporting and I emailed her just like on the company email, like, for, you know, Rita.Cosby, Rita yeah. Fox News, you know, kind of guessed the email. And I was in New York for this one summer and I had this goal to try to meet, make one connection each day with one person. She was like big on my list. And not only did she invite me up to her office, but she reviewed and critiqued my entire VHS tape of work. VHS. Nice. And like line by line, I mean, you know, rewinding and say, okay, Jenny. And, and when I look back at that tape, you guys, it was like not worthy of critique. <laughs> it was so So that you had bad. a super positive experience from the person that you- It was you... so positive. It was so positive because I thought that she came across as really natural on camera. I thought she was one of those people that I uh, had like a real sensitivity to her. And that was what I, yeah. I think I admired her. You know, like I said, I just watched her. I thought, man, she seems cool. And sure enough, she was so awesome and, and gave me so much time. And this is a woman who's like, you know, in one of the most stressful jobs, um, in, in our industry, you know, working at a national level. And um, I mean, I think she sat there with me for two hours. Like I've, so, I'm all, I've always thought yes. about how depressed I would be if I met Brett Favre one day and he was like a total a-hole to me. <laughs> he is not like as I'm awesome never, as never he would, I would be I hope so, you never meet him. I would yeah. be Aww. so <laughs> depressed if I met him and he was an a-hole to me. Like it would probably be one of the worst days ever. Yeah. Because like I have such high hopes yeah. for me and him being besties I one day. This, <laughs> I had this neat experience. I just thought of this. I haven't thought of this in a long time. Uh, Christine, avid reader. And yeah. uh -huh. me, not so much. Uh, I'm a big comic book oh, reader. Oh, I'm surprised. It's got pictures. I pegged yeah. you as an avid reader. I, I used to be. My God. Yeah, my parents were teachers, like, used to read like crazy. And somewhere along the way, I was just like, I'm, I'm bored of reading. I'm going to watch movies, like, and here I am. <laughs> I'm going to talk. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, but she's an avid reader, and she had this book series that she she absolutely adores. And, and back when we were in, I think we were in high school, maybe college, uh, her uh, favorite author of this series was going to be in town at a Barnes & Noble signing books. And I had never read it. I didn't know the guy. No idea. And she was going to be out of town. She's like, oh, my God, I, I can't go get my book signed by this guy. And I was like, well, I'll go. I'll go stand in line. I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't mind. Yeah. yeah. And so not knowing this this author or this guy she likes, she was like, well, tell me how he is. And tell me if and she, gave, she gave me a letter to yeah. give him, like, oh. of course. Yeah, yeah. And, um this guy was so cool. Really? He was oh, just good. such a Did you become a fan, fan afterwards? Yeah, yeah. I read I read one of the books. I was yeah. like, okay. Like, turns out, you know, not, not all... He's not so bad. Yeah, like, and I didn't I didn't have any expectations, but I figured he's going to be some grumpy old writer. Like, yeah. no, just some guy I didn't even know. It was just totally neat. And I was like, man, that's really... That's really cool. That's awesome when that yeah. happens. I want to spread some more positive gossip really quickly. I know we're running out of time. <laughs> yeah. Another... Uh, unexpected could have broken my heart if he was not good. He and she were not good, but they were above and beyond. Was Garth Brooks and Trisha Yearwood? Aww. yeah. You Obsessed. you said that they were awesome. Obs I mean, they just. I've interviewed them now a few times, and each time so kind. That's nice. And so down to earth. So anyway, we talked about gossip, but I always think it's good to sing people's praises. And oh, I agree. So right. Good gossip. Shout out right? to good gossip. the author, the yeah. good gossip. But that's not Garth gossip because that's Rita. true, right? So <laughs> Garth Brooks, uh, good to know. Now remember, I'm going to shame you and shame you. Leave us a review. Secondshotcast at gmail.com to send us anything. Look up the Second Shot group on Facebook and go join it. And where can they find you, Jenny? Also, 
here's another thing I would like for you to do. Okay. Go to Instagram, Jenny and Chondo. When you're listening to the episode, do a screenshot. Say, hey, listening to second shot. Tag Heath. Tag me. We'll repost you in our stories. Yeah. This is especially cool if you're like a business or something like that and want to, you know, get more followers, sure. whatever. We'll repost you. And, and I got to do that. In the link. Yeah, there you yes, go. So search Jenny and Chondo. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you can find me at Apple Zacintosh on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm in that Facebook group. Come hang out. It's a good time. At Ignorance on Fire and at Heath Oak. See you next time. Love you guys.